The following is a presentation of New Life Foursquare Church. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to join us live each Sunday at 11 a.m. at our Norwalk or Harbor City campuses. You can learn more about us on the web at newlifefoursquare.org. Today, Pastor Ken Bringus at our Harbor City campus continues our series entitled, Yes, with a message on our new identity in Christ. I came across this quote today, and, and I'm just going to read it to you. It says, as large as the role is that our mothers play, the word mother is more powerful when used as a verb than as a noun. All women are not mothers, but all women are called to mother. To mother is to nurture, to train, to educate, to raise, to rear. And as daughters of Eve, all women are uniquely gifted to help others in their lives become more, say more, of who they truly are to encourage, to nurture, and to mother them toward their truest self, their truest self. Which brings me, so let me just say this. We celebrate all the moms in the room, but we also celebrate all the women in the room because you may not be a mother in the biological sense, but God has called you to nurture, to mother, to encourage others into their truest self to live out of their new identity in Christ, which is what we're going to talk about today. So are you ready? Say yes, pastor. Even if I'm not your pastor, just call me pastor today, okay? It's fine. It's good. It's just a title. It's my function, all right? So uh, today, we want to talk about new identity. We're in this series uh, where we, we decided we wanted to help you understand a little bit more what you said yes to when you said yes to Jesus. Now, if you, didn't, if you have not yet said yes to Christ, if you have not yet put your faith in Christ, that's okay. There's something of benefit today for you. And we hope that by the end of the day that you'll actually have a greater desire and hunger to seek out this thing that we're presenting in the Christian gospel, which is what we call in faith in Christ and salvation and things like that. But, but I want to talk to you about identity from a Christian perspective today. Um, Identity is at the heart, believe it or not, of the larger culture in which we live. Like, you'll hear people talk about in our culture today, there are no moral absolutes. Everything's relative, right? It's your truth is your truth, you know, and my truth is my truth, right? So don't tell me what to believe. I'll figure it out on my own because my truth is my truth, right? So we live in this sort of cultural relativistic type of society where identity, the only Real moral absolute in our culture is this thing called identity. You know how it comes out? The message of this comes out in this sort of idea that just, you just got to be you. Just be you, discover you, express you. That's the only thing you've got to do. And if you do that, you're good. Am I right? Okay, I'm going to unpack this. So you'll be absolutely convinced that this is the the world in which we live in. And I'm going to compare it to uh, something that many of you grew up in. And so bear with me a little bit today. I'm not going to read a lot of scriptures today. I'm going to help you see something that maybe you haven't seen when it comes to our identity. And then at the end of this talk, 
I'm going to show you, and, and just very briefly, the difference between how the, the culture around us and even our families choose to form our identities versus what God does with our identity. Yes? Okay, so let's define it first. What are we talking about when we talk about identity? We're talking about a stable, say stable. Tell the person next to you, stay stable. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't lose it today. Um, it's Mother's Day. A stable, unchanging core of self-understanding and a stable sense of self-worth. That's kind of what we're talking about. It's the fundamental core of who you think you and, and who you think and believe you really are. But it's not just that. It's like how you feel about that. Like, do you feel good about who you think you really are? It's your deepest sense of self. It's your deepest sense of self-worth, and it's your deepest sense of significance. Now, here's the, here's the thing that you probably don't know, but you're, you're going you're gonna to believe what I tell you at the end of this talk. Every culture disciples its people into their identity. Every culture gives you a way to determine who you are and how you should learn to feel good about yourself, right? This is how you determine who you are, how good you feel about yourself. Every culture pushes that on you, believe it or not, and invites you into a process of what we call identity formation. And the basis of this process is story. That's why I love the song we just sang. This is my story. This is my song. And the song doesn't really, it kind of develops the, the, the Christian story, right? But, but the culture around us, the society around us, in even your own family, has a story, am I right? It has a narrative, and out of that narrative, it teaches us how to discover who we are, how to get self-worth, how to get significance, how to get self-esteem. The first really powerful narrative comes from what I'll call traditional cultures, or if you want, if you want to call it your family, all right, of origin. For many of you, especially if your family is from another country outside of the Western world, okay? If you're, you know, some of you, many of you come from the Philippines, many of you come from uh, the Latin American world, Latin America, some of you from Nigeria and all that, and you were raised or your parents were raised in a what we call traditional society. Now watch this. In traditional non-Western cultures, your identity comes from the role that you were assigned in your family, in your tribe, in your clan, in the group. Am I right? Therefore, your self-esteem comes from how well you performed in that role, how well you performed your duty in the role that you were given by the family, by the tribe, by the community. Your identity is wrapped up in that. So in those cultures, if you were raised in that culture, if you ask somebody, who are you, you know what they would say? They'd say, oh, I am a son a daughter, a father, a mother, right, first, because my identity is rooted in the group, in the family first. And how you fulfill that role as son, daughter, mother, father, whatever, brother, how you fulfill that role de determines whether or not you get honor or, in this case, self-esteem. If you fulfill the duty well, then you are honored by the family. You are honored by the community. You are honored by the group. And guess what? That results in you having great self-esteem. So back then, if you wanted to have good self-esteem, what you had to do 
was to sublimate or to sub submit your own individual dreams, your own individual desires to the desires of the family, to the desires of the tribe, right? To the expectations of the community. And so identity is found in fulfilling those duties, those expectations. Got it? This is going to make sense in a second. What you do for the family is who you are. There's no higher honor in those cultures than being a good father, a good mother, a son, a daughter. Play your role well, do your duty right, and you have an identity. You have a stable core. You have a good sense of self-worth, right? Got it? Say yes, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to help you out here today. Let's contrast that with today and what I'll call the modern slash postmodern culture in which we live today. In today's modern society, what I just told you is completely reversed. Identity is not based, watch this, in living for the good of the family. Instead of living for the higher good of the family, identity happens when you assert, say assert, I assert my desires, my dreams, my interests, no matter what anybody says. So compare it to ancient cultures. Compare it to traditional society. Identity and honor are based in, the, in traditional society. I mean, like, you know, you guys sometimes watch those movies. Some of you guys watch those movies where the, where the gladiators fight in the arena. Why do they fight in the arena? For honor and glory. We fight. We lose our lives for the Caesar. Self-sacrifice, self-denial, honor and glory, right? That's traditional society. Well, when you get to uh, the modern world, it's not about that. It's about self-assertion, self, here it is, expression. Forget about what anyone else tells you you should be or you should do or you should think or you should believe about you. You need to find your dream. You need to follow your dreams and be whatever you darn well want to be. Some of you older folks in the room will remember this song. Climb every mountain. Ford every stream. Follow every Oh, my goodness, you don't know Sound of Music? <laughs> mm, I am dating myself, folks. I was like a kid during that musical. Sound of Music, come on, people. Ford every stream, follow every rainbow till you find your dream. And so identity in the modern world is found in fulfilling your, yeah, your dream. Right? No one has a right to tell me what my dream is. I'm just going to look inside myself, discover what I see, it's my deepest desires and dreams. I'm going to pursue and attempt to realize those dreams. And as I do, so the narrative goes, I become more and more and more who I really am. And it's the assumption that only you can decide and determine what is right or wrong. And only you, watch this, can bestow honor and glory, and worth, and value, and validation upon yourself. I know it sounds kind of arrogant, 
but it's the culture in which we live. Okay, now, not all parts of this is, are bad. We need to esteem ourselves. We need to learn how to evaluate ourselves. We need to learn how to love ourselves. I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing. The difference is that this narrative has become the only heroic narrative in our popular culture to define who we are. Have you been on Instagram lately? It's all about the likes, folks. You put up a like about with you, and you photoshopped yourself, and you looking all good and fine and sexy and nice and all that, and you get a bunch of likes. And then you put reality up there, what you look like when you first wake up in the morning. It's not going to get a lot of likes. I guarantee you. Or if it does, it'll be in some weird, twisted way. <laughs> you determine who you are. You do, and, and listen, this is called individualism. It's in the sitcoms, it's in our media, it's in Disney movies. I mean, you name all the Little Mermaid, right? Frozen, Finding Nemo, Pixar, Shrek, right? And it's in one of my favorite movies, right? You want to know one of my favorite movies? It's out of the, it's out of the song, it's because of the songs in this movie. And there's this one song that probably should have won a Grammy. It goes... When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a ship flood, going to drown him out. Mm -mm -mm. I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I meant to be. <laughs> Look out, because here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. Need more convincing? This is the narrative that our culture disciples us in. And it's not all bad. It's good. But the problem is we've taken what is good and we've made it ultimate. Some, some sociologists call this version of American individualism, they call it expressive individualism. Just look in your heart, find what most you want to do with your life, and express it. Or else, if you don't express it, you're not becoming your truest self. So I reject identity through self-sacrifice and self-denial, and I'm going to be who I want to be because this is me. That's how you get an identity in today's modern world. Now, don't get me wrong. I love all those Disney movies. Come on, you can't be a parent and not like those movies. <laughs> the point is that this narrative, this cultural narrative is so powerful and strong, is discipling you whether you like it or not. And every shopping mall store that you go to, if there even exists a mall anymore, online maybe, right? But you don't know this, but this is affecting you how you approach life. And let me, just, let me just give you, because some of you came to this country, you weren't born in this nation, and so let me, let me give you an example of the clash of these two narratives, all right? Like, some of you grew up in traditional societies, in traditional with traditional family values, where it was all about what you do for the family that counts and forms your identity, right? Right? Then you said, but we need to make it to America, so let's get there however we can because it's the land of 
The free, and free to do what? Free to make a life of my own, right? Land of opportunity. Isn't that why you came? Most of us. Or maybe, you, maybe for some of us it was like, oh, the family's over there. We need to go where the family. Fine. But when you got here and you started raising your kids, your kids stopped obeying you. <laughs> they stopped conforming to the norms of the family. And all of a sudden, they're like, what is this? What is this thing on Instagram? Who is this kid? It's not the kid I raised, right? Because they're being formed by a culture and society in America that says what matters most is what you think inside you are your dreams and your desires, and you need to express that. And so we, we get online and we create identities. We create versions of ourselves that we think people will like. And we go, this is me. And then our parents find out. And we go, no, it's not. It's not you. That's not the you I raised. Come here. Let me slap you into reality. <laughs> and so we come on Mother's Day and we're reminded, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's all just false versions of me. My mom really knows who I am. So let me ask you, reflect on your experience. Those of you who grew up outside of the U.S. and you came to the U.S., which narrative won? The traditional family one, where all your kids started just falling in line and found their identity as a good son and daughter, or the one that said, you can be anything you want to be. Go find your dream. Go pursue it. Go make lots of money. Be successful, right? Which one wins? I'll tell you which one wins. The modern one wins, right? Just look aside. Modern, the modern narrative of how to develop an identity is infecting the whole globe. Now, let me tell you what's wrong with this. Okay, I'm, I'm talking to you because I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to connect this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna land this by telling you what, how God views our identity formation in a second. But I want to camp here and show you what's wrong with this narrative, especially the modern culture. Now, there's something wrong with the traditional narrative as well. I'll show you that in a second. But just bear with me for a moment. The problem with the modern way of identity formation is, number one, it's confused. You know why? Because when you look inside yourself, like I was just asking my son this yesterday, because sometimes you, as a parent you want to check in, right? What are they really thinking? Like you're hoping and praying that they'll, they'll pick something they want to be in life that's like honorable, Right? And so I'm like, son, what do you want to do? Like, he's only 15, but like, what do you want to do with your life, right? You should know by now, you know? What do you want to do with your life? Come on, you're 15, let's go, come on. And he's like, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, let me give you some choices. I give him all these choices, you know, like teacher, education. I'm giving him like arenas, like categories, like education, medicine, law, right? He plays tennis too, so like, mm, tennis, <laughs> you know, maybe, athlete, athletics, whatever. I don't know, Dad. I really don't know. And inside, like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pressure. Like, oh, maybe I'm not doing my job right. You should know by now. The reality is, folks, we need to just kind of lighten up on our kids sometimes, right? Reality is, when they look inside, when you looked inside at 15, 17, 20, 21, you looked inside and said, what are my dreams? What are my desires? They were all conflicting. A lot of them were conflicting. Let me give you an example. I really like this girl. She really likes me. We could make something of our lives together. But my parents want me to become a doctor, and there's no way this is going to work out. What do you want? I want the relationship. 
no, I want the career. Can I have both? Is there a way to harmonize all this, right? And we are a jumble of contradictions on the inside. That is the reality. <laughs> and sometimes we have to choose. The point is that when you actually try to look inside and find your dreams and your desires, they don't all harmonize into a nice, neat little plan, do they? They're not all coordinated and compatible. Sometimes it's downright confusing. And to root your sense of identity in that confusion, in that conflagration of desire and self-expression, that is dangerous. The second thing that's wrong with that worldview and that way of forming your identity is that it's unstable. Because the whole idea of an identity is that you have a solid core that allows you to have, say this word with me, integrity. Your identity should establish your integrity. It's a solid core that you are who you are regardless of where you are. Whether you're at school, whether you're at home, whether you're at church, whether you're at your job, right? You're the same person regardless of the situation. That is the point of having an identity, a real identity. But as I said earlier, many of us are creating many different versions of ourselves, And so the problem behind I am brave, I am strong, I am who I'm meant to be, this is me. The problem behind that is, I'm this, I'm that, deal with it. This is me, no one can tell me who I am or what to be but me. The problem is, well, which version of you are you? Right? The problem is, which version of you am I getting at any given moment? Like on your smartphone, you cannot, it's impossible to run two versions at the same time. I think it is. It's still impossible to do that. They're going to create a phone that actually does both someday, right? Because of integrity issues, structural integrity issues. It's the same way. When you adopt this ultimate way of viewing your identity, what happens is you become unstable and actually leads to not integrity but disintegration. All right? So it's unstable. The next thing. That's the problem is it's an illusion. Okay, here we go. You ready? This whole idea of you looking in yourself and discovering your dream and discovering and choosing who you really are, it's an illusion because you really never discover your identity all by yourself. A lot of this, folks, is culturally conditioned. In one culture that defines feminine beauty in terms of bigness, Some Pacific Island cultures define feminine beauty in terms of bigness. A girl, a teenage girl growing up in that culture, she'll look at herself, she'll look at her slim, slender self, and she'll go, I need to get bigger. Where in this culture, we define feminine beauty differently. And a more heavyset person will look in the mirror and go, I need to lose weight. Or maybe they're not, maybe they're slim and slender, but they're not slim and slender like that picture over there that they saw or the pictures that are inundated with on on the social media feed. You see, it's culturally conditioned. We don't just look at ourselves randomly and decide, I'm going to be that. We choose for the most part based, based on what is culturally accepted and conditioned, what our culture tells us to do. So in reality, you cannot honor yourself. You cannot validate yourself. You can't even name yourself. Or choose an identity for yourself. You know what's really happening when you think you're doing that? 
You're actually choosing another set of people, another group that will accept that version of you. And if that version of you has enough acceptance, I'll just switch my allegiance to that group. That's what you do on social media. You can get on social media and be like, my parents suck. They've been telling me who I've been trying, what to be all along. Forget them. This is who I am now. I'm, and then you describe it, and you're going to get a bunch of likes on that. And you get enough approval on that, you'll be like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Totally. No, you didn't switch your identity. You didn't just choose an identity. You just switched the group that accepts who you think you really are. It's an illusion. <laughs> and it's kind of scary. All right, lastly, and this is where I'm going to talk to you about the traditional worldview, and I want to close up. There's problems with both the traditional and modern ways of identity formation. The big problem is that it's an overwhelming burden. Because at this point, you might be tempted to say, man, forget the modern way of identity. Forget the modern way. We need to go back to the traditional way, right? Let's just go back to where it was like all about the family, and you just did what the family told you to do, what the tribe told you to do, right? That's just easier. And you know what? There's some, there's some honorable parts, and there's honorable like qualities of that way of seeing it. But listen, we all know that even the traditional way of identity formation is also crushing and overwhelming and sometimes oppressive. And while there are good aspects to it, there are times where, you know this, there is no room for individuality. <laughs> where the parents' expectations is all there is and there is no consideration for what the individual really wants or desires or needs. And so... It can be what we call suffocating. <laughs> I can't breathe. Get me out of this family. Get me out of this community. Let's go to America. <laughs> and, and listen, like, it can be oppressive to live out an identity purely based on family roles and expectations. And while it might sound heroic to deny yourself and desires for the family, you got to ask the question, what if the family's wrong? What if the group is wrong? What if the community is defining things in a way that's a lie and it's not the truth, you see? So there's some good to it, but it can also become a heavy burden. Now watch. In the same way that it's a burden for the traditional worldview, it can be just as oppressive if you embrace the modern way. Watch this. Modern culture says... You must find your dream. You must find it for yourself. Don't do it for your parents. Don't do it for your teachers. Don't do it for your family or your tribe. Do it for? Do it for yourself. Exactly, right? Because after all, this is me. And that's where it gets overwhelming because the minute you choose what is for you, all of a sudden, you need to go out and achieve that. And the pressure is on. Game on. Is that you? Okay, now you've got to achieve that identity. Well, what if you fail? What if it doesn't work out? You set up a dream in your heart that has this thing as an identity anchor. This is my dream. This is what I'm going to anchor my identity in. What if you fail miserably? If you fail miserably and that was your identity, that goal was your identity, then you won't just, see your, you won't just look at yourself as I failed. You will start to see yourself as a failure. Because it was your identity. You took what was good and you made it ultimate, you see? And so the modern way of seeing it is also oppressive. 
because it's built around how well you can perform. So there it is. For both cases, identity becomes about something you must achieve. Whether you get it on your own, by yourself, looking inside your heart and soul, or whether you get it from the family who tells you what it is, it's still something you got to achieve. Is it any wonder that nowadays when you ask anybody on the street, who are you, what are they going to say? They're going to answer in terms of what they've done. I'm a teacher. I studied law. I studied medicine. I'm a doctor. I'm a student. I'm an athlete. I'm a salesman. You know, whatever. They answer in terms of what they do because that's what our culture disciples us to believe. And so, are you ready for the difference? Did I build my case well? It sounds like you only got two choices. Believe what my family says about me or believe what the culture tells me I am or in which it tells me to look inside myself. And I don't even know what that is. There's a better way. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to Christ, you don't achieve identity. You receive a brand new identity. It's like um, the other day we were at T-Mobile. Sorry, this is a bad sales pitch for T-Mobile. Sorry for those of you who aren't with T-Mobile. Got my son a new phone. And, you know, when, they, when you get a new phone, right, they tell you, they ask you, did you back it up? And uh, so my son was like, did, Dad, did I back it up? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. You're responsible for your phone. Did you back? You know how they do backups now? Everything on, it's, it's an Apple phone. I'm sorry for all of you Android users. It's okay. You'll get to heaven another way. You know, just kidding. <laughs> on the iPhone, you back things up. Yeah. We got some iPhone users here. You back it up on the cloud. You know what's cool about the cloud? Your phone can get stolen, like my daughter's did recently. Broken, right? But all the essence of your phone is backed up. Like your phone's truest identity is still intact. Where is it? It's in the cloud. It's so cool. Even if you make mistakes, you know, setting up your phone, oh, I messed up. I, uh, what happened? Where's my email? Where's my tech? Don't worry about it. Just reset it, erase it all, and download it because it's backed up on the cloud. This is how our identity in Christ is. Doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter whether it's you're having a good day, doesn't matter whether you failed or whether you succeeded, right? Doesn't matter what dream that you choose that's a noble dream, whether you got there or not, doesn't matter what relationship you're in, you're, you're not dependent on those things to define the essence of who you are because who you are is backed up on the cloud in Christ and all you have to learn how to do is download that on a regular basis. I'm going to talk to you about that in a second as I close. It's given to you. So it's not rooted in your performance or obedience. It's not based on what you see when you look inside yourself because, frankly, some of you look inside yourself and it's a confusing blob. When you ask yourself, what are my dreams, my gifts, my talents? I don't know. Of course you don't know. You're only 15. Some of you are 35 and you still don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Because it's not ultimate, you see? What's ultimate is backed up on the cloud. 
It's what God says is true of you. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to show you this picture. We've given this out, and I feel like we've talked about this so much in this church, but I'm just going to remind you. You have an identity in Christ that's been given to you, and it it has to do with you being forgiven and complete in Christ, justified, being a member of God's family, being God's child, God's son and daughter, right? Being chosen, belonging to God, a citizen of heaven. All of this is based in Scripture, folks. This is what God says is true of you. This is who God says you are. And listen, you have to resist the modern-day tendency to say, I'm going to take everything that God says of me, and I'm going to kind of mess with it and just say, okay, well, I like this, but I don't like that. I like this. But I'm going to kind of individualize it for myself. you got to resist that temptation. All of it that God says you are is true. And you, what you need to learn to do is resist the temptation to look inside and go, ooh, you know, I get my acceptance from this relationship. I get my security from this job. I get my significance from this family. And you just say, no, no, no. Those are good things. Those are good things. They're not bad things. Don't reject them. But don't make them ultimate. This, folks, if, you're, if you said yes to Jesus, this is ultimate. And you need to learn how to make this ultimate in your daily life. So, I can show you all this till you're blue in the face. What I want to share with you as we close is how you actually get this into your life. Because you can read it every day, and it's still not apply. You're going to walk right out of here, and you're going to live exactly the same way you've been living. If it is, in fact, true that you have a new identity in Christ, then how come we're not living it? How come we're not living out of it? Why are we still living to earn God's favor? This is the beauty of the Christian faith. It's not like any religion that's out there. Every other religion says you've got to do stuff to earn favor with God. The Christian faith says you've already earned favor with God after what he's done for you. All you need to do is be a good person out of that favor. It's not be a good person in order to. Gain that favor. And that's a switch we all need to continue to make. So listen, um, let me tell you how it really works. The way you find your true self, the way you discover your true identity. There's a philosopher in the Middle Ages named, uh, in the Renaissance period named Rene Des- um, Descartes. You remember what he said? He said, <laughs> he, was, he was a very devout Christian, so I'm not saying that he was wrong, but he was like, you know, what, he was doing what philosophers do. They just explore thoughts. And he said, I think, therefore, I am. You see that? I think, and that is the ground of my being. And it makes sense in the Enlightenment period where everything was about logic and rational thought and all that, elevated to godlike status. Yeah, I think, therefore, I am. Let me tell you the difference. In the Christian worldview, it's not I think, therefore I am. It's I am loved and I love, therefore I am. This is how identity is really discovered and formed. Someone that you love and respect and adore comes to you and says and proves to you in word and in deed that they love you, they accept you, and they affirm you. That's how it's formed. And so your identity is formed and forged in the context of unconditional, say unconditional, unrelenting, unfailing love. 
the unfailing love of another whom we in turn love and respect and adore. When you have someone that you cannot help but love and praise, who loves and praises you, that's the context in which true identity starts to emerge. You need, you can't just look in yourself and go, this is me. You need someone to esteem you, to approve of you, to validate you. You need the love of someone that you truly esteem. And for many of us, that love was our mom, wasn't it? They loved us unconditionally. They loved us unrelentingly. They loved us at our worst. Praise God for moms. But let me tell you something. Moms fail too. And this someone that you need to approval from and validation from, that needs to be a person who will never, ever let you down. That person needs to be one who is not constantly changing their mind based on your performance. Oh, you did good today. I love you. Didn't do so good today. Hmm, I don't know. Are you my child? Right? Someone who's not changing their mind. Why? Because if you fail in your performance, well, there goes their love. There goes your identity. It needs to be someone you can trust to be with you through thick and thin who will never fail in that regard, who will always be there. Folks, there is no human person like that. There's only one. His name is Christ. Sorry. Some of you think Jesus' last name is Christ. (laughs) His name is Jesus. And his title is Christ. Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the King, the Son of the living God, the man who is God. You might think that someone was your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your career boss, your children. And it's right to honor them for what they could give us, but it's not right to build your identity around them. Only God in Christ can give us our truest identity and truly name us and truly validate us even when we're at our worst. So I want to end with this. Jesus said, it says of Jesus in John 10, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And then Jesus says further down, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says first, watch this, all y'all, your sheep. Say, bah. <laughs> Just kidding. Man, that's not a compliment, folks. All right? Sheep are like the dumbest animals on the face of the earth. And we don't even grow in an agri- in agri- agrarian society. So I, I imagine those of you who grew up around sheep, you know they're pretty dumb. Sheep need to be named. Sheep need to be given their name. Sheep need the shepherd all the time. Tell them where they're going. <laughs> Jesus says, you're sheep. You need a shepherd. I'm the good one. There are other shepherds that claim to be good shepherds, but none of them as good as me. as me. And not only are you all sheep, he says, I called you by name. I name you. Your identity comes from me. Watch this. Lastly. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking the words of the Lord over his people. He says, but this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are 
Did you hear that? I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by number. No. I know your name. I know the deepest part of you. I've identified. You are mine. So today, believe what God says about you more than what your family, traditional culture says, more than what modern society says. How do you do that? Say, believe it, receive it, but here's where we miss up most of the time. We don't nurture it. I want you to learn how to nurture your true identity. Um, worship team, come on up here. Our identity is like a deck of cards. There's one card in that stack that is our truest self, who God tells us we are. And what we need to learn to do is to play that card all the time. Some of you haven't done that. You know, you, you have the card in your deck. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. But when life gets tough and stressful, you play all these other cards. Stop doing that. Believe what God says is true of you. Receive it. Nurture it. You're a child of God. And that's not going to change in his mind.